ever got an expense that was way more than what you expected to spend? Sure, we all have. Today on the Budget Babe podcast, I talk about the five most commonly underestimated expenses and how much to save for them. You're listening to the Budget Babe podcast. This is Ella, and I'm here to talk about living your best life without breaking your bank. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Budget Babe podcast. I'm so excited to be back with you guys for another week and share some information with you all. I have recorded this on Wednesday, which is a little later than I intended. I usually try to get the episode out to you guys by Tuesday or Wednesday of each week. And uh, it's still still Ella versus the MacBook. So we're going to hope that the new computer recognizes the microphone, or I'm going to have to continue recording on the iPad, or just get another computer. But Either way, I'm going to find a way to bring this episode to you. I'm super excited to talk about it. Before I get into the main topic where I talk about the five common costs that you might be underestimating, I know I've underestimated some of these costs in the past, but before I get to that, I want to share a story to kick off this episode with. So last week, it was last Monday. And keep in mind, this episode's being recorded on May the 19th, 2021. So last Monday, early in the morning, I go, as I usually do, routinely to fill up my car. I like to start my week on a full tank. I'm in a sales job that requires me to travel around the state. So I went to fill up my tank. And this was actually before the news about the coastal pipeline broke through. But I go to fill up and I'm used to spending about $35 to fill up my Mustang. Those of you with a Mustang, you get it. We're usually around $35 as the gas prices are in Nashville. And when I finished filling up my car, I look at the pump and I saw $52. 52 versus 35. Holy cannoli. I was not expecting to pay that much. Now, $16, $17 is not necessarily going to break the bank. It's not a huge deal, but it was definitely more than what I was expecting, even though gas prices have been increasing exponentially in the past couple of months. I still had my headset on the $35, and I thought that was appropriate to share with you guys because sometimes we do get a price in our head. And the actual cost of what we want to do or what we're spending it on or the emergency is naturally going to be higher. So this episode's obviously not about the $10, $15, $17 more on something like gases or a little bit more money on your grocery bill. These are major underestimations that a lot of Americans make when spending. And it's going to be five different things. It's going to be home projects. We're going to talk about pet care expenses. We're going to talk about extracurricular activities for your children. Those are surprisingly expensive. I was uh, very, I don't have children, so I was shocked to learn the expenses in that. Um, We're also going to talk about health care, which is a major, major cost for a lot of people. And um, 
we're going to talk about transportation, the cost of that. So we'll go ahead and get started. And I'm going to kick off the first topic. And the first topic is home projects. This is becoming more and more common during the pandemic. People are home more. They want to, and we're still kind of in the pandemic. So that's why I say that. It's coming more because people are spending more time at home. People are also flipping their houses and selling them in the seller's market. And before they sell it, they want to increase the value by doing home projects. I had my friend Diane a couple of weeks ago. We talked about bathroom remodeling, DIY, basically saving the time and having control over their own project, which is an amazing, amazing business. It's so unique. So if you're remodeling a bathroom, I highly recommend checking out your bathroom in a box. But we'll talk about what a lot of Americans have done what they have projected the cost to be and what they actually were. So Realtor Magazine surveyed 969 individuals on what the perceived cost would be for different home projects versus the actual cost. And one of the first uh, one of the first projects that they surveyed them on was a kitchen remodel. The kitchen remodel was estimated by the 969 participants to be around $10,388 where the actual average cost was $19,920. That is approximately a $9,532 difference. And that is also 48% more than what was projected the cost would be. Another house project would be a new air conditioning installation. The air conditioning installation was projected to be around $3,047, three. $3,047 to be specific. And it actually instead was $5,232. So that is a $22,186 difference and 42% more than what they projected to spend. A new deck, you're outside more, so let's get a new deck. A new deck was estimated to be around $4,499 on average but the actual average was around 69.19. That is 24.20 more, 35% more. And the largest underestimate was cabinet resurfacing. They projected it to be $1,769. The actual average is 6,692. So that is a $7,000 difference right there over 7,000. So what needs to be kept in mind with a lot of home projects, if you are planning to do one, you have to factor in the cost of labor unless you are doing a DOI project. And we are actually experiencing a labor shortage across industries right now. It's hard to find people that are wanting to come in and work just because of what the pandemic has resulted in. And there's also rising costs and supplies. We all know lumber has gone up exponentially. So keep that in mind with home projects if that is on your list. Another cost that you might be underestimating, and this is something I've personally dealt with, is pet care and really any pet expenses. Recently for me, pet care, I encountered expenses there, many unexpected expenses because I do have a cat who's aging. He's close to 13 years old. And you know, ever since I got him, he has always breathed very heavily. He's had a few sinus infections. Before I had adopted him, he had evidently had his ribs broken. I don't know what happened. He may have been hit by a car, what the veterinarian projected. He 
actually was found at Nissan Stadium. Back then it was called LP Field eating popcorn. There, there's just no telling what may have happened to him. I hope somebody wasn't cruel to him, but he obviously had been through some trauma and therefore he breathes really heavy. But I've been seeing a lot of nasal congestion, breathing even heavier. I'm hearing some stomach growling. So I took him to his normal doctor. And at the beginning of the year, the normal doctor did a surgery to look for a polyp or remove the polyp. And then he had some medicine after that. That was around $300. And that's actually on the low end of veterinarian cost. And then he had to have three different labs to see what was going on. The labs cost $200 each. And recently we had an ultrasound looking at his heart. That was around $500. And then on top of that, we came with the diagnostic. We noticed that he had some viral infections. So it cost about $300 for his medicine. So we had to take him. He went to both a general veterinarian that he's been going to for over a year now. And then we took him to Nashville Cat Clinic, another specialty doctor to see what was going on. I'm really relieved to have the diagnostics, but I'm also even more relieved that I had money saved away and available to me to pay for that. That's over $1,300 total in what I've spent on my cat this year. And by the way, he is completely worth it. That cat is my buddy. I say Simba's my main squeeze. You'll actually hear him on some of the episodes. You hear him in the background purring because he's the world's happiest cat. He's the world's friendliest cat. My friends all love him. My family loves him. Even people who say they don't like cats, they actually love Simba. I also had a similar situation back in December that didn't result in the way that I wanted to. When many of you know, I had a cat of 12 years pass away from cancer. And not only is that an emotional burden, but it can be a financial burden as well. I say if you're going to have a savings account for your pets, you might save anywhere from a thousand to two hundred, two thousand dollars, so a thousand or maybe fifteen hundred, depending on how many pets you have. But a lot of clinics I know offer the care credit. Now, the care credit, if you go past the promotional period, the interest gets really high, and it's also another line of credit. I just recommend having a savings account for that. I. Yeah, and I share that with you because it was also resulting in one of the top costs when I did the research of that is often underestimated by pet owners. Some pet owners will only take their animal to the vet in certain emergency situations. I definitely, as a pet owner that grew up having all kinds of dogs and having two cats myself, I think you should take them at least every six months or at least once a year for that checkup. I also think it's worth investing into top-of-the-line food. I'll just give you an example. I had Simba on a brand that I thought was, it's great. It's highly recommended. A lot of my friends feed this brand to their pets. It, you can get it at Target. So I fed it to them for convenience. And the fact that it was highly recommended, it was holistic, quote unquote holistic. And he liked it okay. But the veterinarian recommended that I switch him to science diet. And I will tell you, science diet's going to be cost, it's going to cost a little bit more, but he eats less of science diet. And he's lost some weight. He's at a healthier weight now. He used to be a big, chunky butterball at a healthier weight now. His fur is softer. He's feeling better. He's more active. It's given him more energy. He's very energetic for a 13-year-old cat. So having the right cat litter is highly recommended. Having the right food is recommended. We're going into cat litter. I love the Pretty Kitty brands, the Pretty Litter brands. You can get it at Target for $25. And what I love about that, it's got a health monitoring system in it. So 
if the if you look at the urine and it's any color, the clumps, and it's just TMI, but if you're a cat under urine, look at the clumps. If it's any color other than a yellow or a light green, that calls for emergency. It's also good to know to be able to monitor that with your cat to make sure they don't have any kind of urinary infections. And it's also really good about keeping the odor away. You don't smell it when you first walk into the house. That's really important for a cat owner as well. So I love the pretty litter brand, totally unpaid for endorsement. You may find another brand that you like, but I do recommend, again, having one to 2,000 saved up for pet emergencies and also investing into the top of the line brands. Ask your veterinarian what might be best for your cat and what their needs are. Number three, for those of you with human children, you've probably had firsthand experience with this. It was actually a shocker for me. But credit.com reported that children's extracurricular activities, such as travel costs, uniforms, really any other costs, are one of the most commonly underestimated expenses for families. I did a little more research into that, and I found on LendingTree.com, they did a study in 2019. So this was before the pandemic when things were somewhat normal, well, really normal by my definition. And they found that 46% of parents spent more than $1,000 annually per child, while 27% spent more than $2,000 annually per child. 62% even reported going into debt due to their children's extracurricular activities. The most common activities listed were music. That was me. I love music. I did theater. Dance. That was also me. 15%. So music, 15%. Dance, 15%. Gymnastics, 12%. I know how costly that is, actually. I have a friend that had her daughter in gymnastics. That was like $1,400. Uh, cheerleading is 9%. Pageants, 3%. I know pageants can get expensive. Some people spend, you know, five, ten thousand dollars $10,000 on pageant expenses. Also, sports teams, which is dropping 30%. You're going to have more kids naturally interested in sports. And I will say that a lot of the lessons you learn as a teenager about teamwork, getting along with people you normally wouldn't get along with, and finding solutions is through any extracurricular activities. Me, it was like band, choir, theater, but playing sports together is a great way for camaraderie, morale, and just getting a best experience out of school. So from that, just based on that information, I do recommend saving aside one to 2000 per year. If your child or children are really involved in extracurricular activities. You could even, if your child's old enough, 16, 17, and this is just my idea, is encourage them to get a job and save up for that. If they want to save up for playing basketball, football, encourage them to babysit, work at a fast food restaurant. Everybody needs to have a crappy job. I swear about it. Everyone needs to start off with a crappy job working with the public. It builds character. <laughs> but yeah, have them work for it and maybe pay for half of it as well if they're really wanting an extracurricular activity. It's also going to make them work harder at the extracurricular activity. So that is my suggestion there on saving aside money. And speaking of extracurricular activities, this is my favorite extracurricular activity as an adult is doing this podcast. And I'm so thankful. And even through some of the bumpy roads with the investments, having a MacBook that's not working with my microphone for some reason, going through software updates, trying to find a solution, thinking I found a solution and then not finding a solution. To be honest, I recorded this episode Monday and I sounded tired. 
throughout the whole recording. And I did not want to deliver that to you guys. I did not want to give you guys a mediocre show. So I did put that off. But I do want to say one of the things that has made my podcast recording a lot easier and save me some costs on recording software is anchor.fm. Therefore, I'm going to take a little break and you guys get to hear more about Anchor. And I'm back and I'm here to bring you the next cost. You might see this coming or <laughs> going. And that cost is transportation as a whole. Some banks, I know my bank will, will actually break it down for you in a graph where you can check and see what percentage of your budget you spend on transportation. That's going to include Uber, Uber Eats as well. I know that from experience because I use Uber Eats a lot, a lot more than I should. Uh, gas, rental cars, basically your car payment. They can factor that in to one chunk in your budget. So you can see exactly what you're spending each month. And if you have by chance have a job where you get gas mileage reimbursement, you might want to allocate that towards an account to where you can, or basically a savings account, but just keep in mind what you're getting in gas mileage reimbursement versus what your expenses are. So you kind of just have an idea of what's going on there and how much you're spending out of your paycheck, actual paycheck from transportation, because that would be valuable to know as well. But with transportation, that's going to be climbing, as I shared in my story earlier, because gas prices are climbing. That's just a part of it. Gas prices change during certain seasons. We had the unexpected issue with the coastal pipeline. I know the government had to buy out the hackers, spend, if I'm correct, it's like $5 billion, which is insane. But, you know, we got to have our gas. We got to be able to run around in you can't really get food or near grocery stores or really anything if it weren't for the availability of fuel. But yeah, in December, I remember, and I think that's what being used to fill up my car for under $30, actually. I think gas was around like $198. And now it is like three or four, almost $4 in some places. So that's just something to take into effect when you're saving up money making your budget is thinking about how much money you're going to spend on gas, your car payment. I always say spend more on your payment than what you owe. You definitely want to be on top of that. You want to be able to make more than what you owe. You want to pay that off as early as you can because a car payment just can feel super burdensome. But yeah, factoring the car payment, of course. And a lot of places, I know living in a big city like Nashville, you go to some big events downtown, you go to a baseball game, you go to a hockey game, you go to a concert, even just a night out on Broadway, you have to keep in mind that parking rates will be set based on the event. So parking in Nashville can honestly be anywhere from $10 a spot or $10 an hour. They even go up to, I remember when the Preds were in the Stanley Cup, they went up to $95 to park in a parking spot close to downtown. So that's something to consider. And I also want to say, in my experience, if you have a friend that lives close to the downtown area, I live about 15 minutes from downtown, but it's worth it if I have a friend that lives close to their park where they live. And it's worth taking an Uber. I mean, when you're taking an Uber, you're not only getting there safely. You can, you know, enjoy yourself while you're there and not have to worry about finding parking. 
but you're also supporting someone else's side hustle. I have met so many Uber drivers in Nashville who they got laid off of their old job and they're able to make ends meet just by Ubering. I've met people with full-time jobs in real estate, but they Uber on the side. I've met people with jobs in photography or their own businesses or people that say they made more money Ubering than they did their full-time job. So just keep that in mind when you support Uber, Lyft. There's a couple other rideshare apps. Earth, Earth is supposed to be a lot cheaper, but you're supporting someone else's side hustle. So I am a strong believer. And if you want to split the Uber with a friend, do an Uber pool that makes it cheaper. But I'm just a strong believer in using rideshare to get around a busy area instead of paying a really hefty parking fee. Unless you plan to spend all day downtown, you might be able to justify the parking fee. But again, think about supporting someone else's side hustle as well. So when you do budget for transportation, you want to kind of look at what your bank is tracking if you have that app available to you, but also think, okay, car payment, how often do you fill up once a week, twice a week? Look at the average gas cost. How often you go out downtown, may want to use a ride share, how often you, you know, go downtown and maybe want to do parking. Um, or just how often you fly, that's transportation costs as well. But just factoring that all in at the first of the month when you make out your budget, that's going to be extremely helpful. The final cost, I think this cost catches most people off guard because people don't plan to get sick or injured, but that is healthcare. And as you may know, healthcare is a highly profitable business it's not necessarily going to your caregivers. It's not necessarily going to your nurses or doctors, the money that you spend, but healthcare insurance companies, they make a fortune. Healthcare software companies, healthcare equipment companies, pharmaceutical companies, they are worth millions and billions of dollars and they do a lot of marketing. They have a lot of working parts in their sales industry. I I have a lot of friends that work in healthcare and they all do extremely well, but that results in a lot of high out-of-pocket expenses when you get the bill after paying your insurance copay. As far as insurance goes, according to ehealth.com, the average American individual is going to spend $460 a year whereas the average family plan is about $1,150 a year. That actually seems a little low, but I'm going to go off that research on this one. And then when you need medical or dental treatment that you may have not planned for, you're obviously going to get a bill afterwards. Now, a lot of insurance companies pay or they cover a cap on out-of-pocket expenses that you'll be spending, for an individual, that's going to be $8,150 for a single person and $16,300 for families. Now, I don't know what your budget looks like, but that's going to be a huge chunk of change either way. I definitely recommend having a healthcare savings account. And I'm not just talking about the one that may come with your insurance plan, but having a couple thousand set aside for unplanned accidents, any kind of sickness, just heaven forbid that something like that happens. You can finance most healthcare treatments. It's just, I mean, if you're like me, you'd rather spend cash, but you can finance it. You can do the care credit, 
lending tree, some of these companies that will cover it. It's just, you have to keep in mind that you get yourself in that situation. Those are likely to acquire a lot of interest and it's going to be what works for you. But if you can, I would save up maybe 5,000, 6,000 for anything unplanned. I found out a couple of weeks ago that I have a tooth that's growing out further than the rest and some teeth that are crowding. So I'm going to have to get Invisalign. I'm really not looking forward to that, but you know, I'm just kind of weighing out my options. If I want to just pay the 5,400 up front, or if I want to save up or find a plan. And this all happens of course, when I'm looking at other things such as buying a house or grad school, other options, but yeah, I digress. I mean, we're, very likely it's going to come up. You're going to have some kind of a medical emergency, some kind of treatment needed that is worth saving up for having an emergency savings account. And I know Dave Ramsey and a lot of other people recommend a thousand dollar emergency account. That's a good place to start. That shouldn't be the final goal. They also say three to six months of expenses in case something happens. That's not, I realize it's not realistic for a lot of people, unfortunately, but if you kind of want to save up for an account considers some of these other estimated underestimated costs, that's a great place to start. So that is all I have for today. I hope you guys have enjoyed this. I hope you have found this information very valuable. I would love your feedback. You guys can follow me on Instagram at Ella Konomic, E-L-L-A-C-O-N-O-M-I-C. You can email me at ellaconomic at gmail.com. And I've got the website up, www.elleconomic.com. The website's still under construction, but you can take a peek at that as well. I've been sharing recipes. I've been sharing some funny sardonic posts. I've been just sharing some tidbits and observations that I have. So follow me there. And I look forward to connecting and staying connected with each of you. Thanks again, guys. Hey again, it's Ella from Budget Babe Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it. It would mean the world to me if you would leave a review, letting me know what you think. Also, feel free to follow me on Instagram, Ella Konomic, E-L-L-A-C-O-N-O-M-I-C. I would love to connect with you and hear what you think. Thanks again.